Welcome everybody once again to the Low Key Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Aaron, and as always, I'm joined today by Tim and Key. And today we're going to be talking about the sequel to Coming to America, Coming to America, uh, available on Amazon Prime to take a look at. It's one of their big, you know, feature films, one of the biggest releases they've had on their platform so far, as far as a kind of a blockbuster hit. And we have returning everybody and i mean everybody that you remember from the original classic um and the cast of new characters beginning with uh prince akeem who is has his kingdom in threat as you know his father is uh nearing his passing and another nation is threatening to come invade because he is a weak king um he has no heir he believes and they are trying to figure out where to go since he only has three daughters in Zamunda law says that you must have a son to rule the nation. And that begins our journey. So overall, great. Summary. What did you guys think about the film? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hey, it, it's yeah. Try to sum it up quick, right. Without giving away too much of the plot, but now we're going to get into spoiler. So at this point, Hopefully you've uh, checked it out. We're about to start spoiling everything from the jump. So Tim, please take it away. What did you think? Um, so first, I saw this movie a long, long time ago. Like I saw this movie in, I think, early December because I got to interview Craig Brewer for the latest issue of Movie Maker, which I'm holding nice. up. Um, Craig Brewer, of course, the director. He also directed, um, also directed the movie that I'm forgetting, the name of Hustle and Flow. Uh, mm-hmm. among other films. I really like Craig Brewer. Um, but because it's in December, I was thinking like it was, did you say Memphis represent? Yep. Yeah. I'm on <laughs> yeah. here with two Memphisians. <laughs> Is that what you guys are called? Memphians. Memphians. Memphisians? Um, <laughs> first I've heard that. <laughs> Memphisians. <laughs> so I, I got to talk to him and so they let me see the movie well in advance and I, it was around the holiday, so I felt like it was kind of a Christmas movie for me. And yeah. it just felt beautiful. Like it just felt like a big, happy Christmas present. And I was in such a good mood watching it and felt like I was reunited with old friends. I thought the music was ridiculously great. I don't know. I was just happy to see everybody. I've read complaints about it since, and I can't you know, necessarily argue with things people are saying. It's a matter of taste, but I myself really really enjoyed this movie and i'm glad it exists well said what about you keith i agree with you i'm i'm glad that the film exists even that it's one of those things where you don't think that you will want something and then when somebody say oh this is going to be a thing and you like i guess i'd be cool with revisiting it i think a lot of people though their expectations are pretty high with a film like coming to america that may have been a you know classic you know, for your your family, you know, growing up. Um, but I can't kind of came in it, you know, fresh eyes and stuff. It's been a while since I saw the first coming to America. And I always consider it to to be a, a classic. I was even talking to my father about it. And um he of course was like, Yeah, I don't think this is as good as the original. And I'm like, you know, you can't always compare a sequel to an original film, especially to a film that came out, what was this, like 30 some odd years ago? They say 30 year anniversary over and over. So I, I think right. that's about it, right. It's about, it's, about it's, it's a little, it's more like 20 it's, something. It's around our age. It's 30 yeah. ish. Well, yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So, damn. Damn, damn we all. I was, so, um, yeah, I just, I, yeah, I was trying to let it go. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think, you know, 
I don't think that it's one of those films where, you know, a sequel comes out and it makes you completely um, feel some type of way about the entire series itself, <coughs> Star Wars. And <laughs> I think it was fun. I think it was a good time. I thought it was funny, actually, you know. Um, I mean, does it does it have its flaws? Yes, but what romantic comedy doesn't, you know? So hmm. that's my overall take of the film, though. Interesting. You know, like, so I have seen the movie more recently than you two, and I have not spent much time kind of like perusing what people have said i did the first night it came out i didn't have a chance to watch it because i had the, the uh, baby with me but you know i was like all right well some people really enjoy it some people are really down on the movie and then i watched it and i'm like well i can see why part of the reason is because it's just a giant nostalgia bomb mm-hmm. you know like there's a lot of good stuff in it but it leans really because you said you know something about like how you can't compare the the you know sequel to the original well the movie kind of forces you to do that because it keeps bringing back the same characters that you know you're familiar with and and not like because even they like have a a purpose in the plot like it might just be to tell a joke real quick which i don't have a problem with but that does mean you're going to get people doing that comparison like yeah. oh this version of it wasn't as this or wasn't as that well well i came into it knowing that they were gonna do that though like i think some people didn't which is kind of weird yeah but that's weird if you come into a film that's the, the whole purpose of this film is to be a nostalgic film it's pretty much a walk back through memory lane or what um tim said reuniting with old friends mm-hmm Although, you know, for me, a lot of the best parts of the movie, and I guess I should finish um, saying my complete thoughts there, was just, you know, I thought that a lot of the new characters were pretty good. Um, <laughs> like I didn't actually like Lavelle that much, uh, the way his character was done. I didn't yeah. think that uh, the actor playing uh, Jermaine Fowler had a lot to do either, though. Like, considering how heavily the film was, like, kind of focused on his journey, a lot of what the range is he what he's allowed to do and even kind of like um you know do some sort of improv against like it, it just doesn't feel like if there were moments like that they were cut out you know he just felt like the most kind of you know like he, he wasn't popping off you know uh the scene like a lot of other people were now in the dramatic moments he was a little bit better you know i thought mm-hmm. and really was able to display like I mean, hell, when when he was man, talking to you know uh, King Akeem, talking that shit, I was like, damn, I feel that. That's kind of sad. Uh, He's too good. Then everybody wants him to be the king. Wants him to be the prince or the king, and so he can't be too good. Yeah, so it's, kind of a, it's kind of red herring because we think he's the main character, but he's kind of not. Yeah, that, it, it's really interesting. Yeah, so like you know, for now, you know, we'll get a chance a little bit later to kind of dive deep into like exactly like plot elements. But as far as just like the movie itself, I mean, I definitely liked it. Um, and you know. I'm not going to watch this as many times as I have the original. Yeah. I haven't said that though. I mean, I think it does have some, some qualities that people just are not used to anymore. It uses a lot of like eighties level humor. Um, even like, I mean, the entire plot is essentially based on date rape, which some people will take super <laughs> literal 
and you know, for some people, like their sensibilities just get too offended. What'd you say? I was wondering if we were gonna hit that, and uh, here we are, five minutes in. It's right there. It's right there. Like, why? Look, we ain't gotta talk around it. It's. I mean, that's literally what goes on to to Prince Hakeem. Uh, or who was the prince of the time coming in the original? Well, in, in moments we don't see until now. Yeah. Um, look, it is what it is. That doesn't, re- I, it's not a, you know an issue I have watching it. I'm just like, oh, okay, we're doing this cool. We in, we in, we're in a a you know movie with comedians from the '80s with their '80s sensibilities still intact. So it's, we're just gonna let that rock. That's one of those things that kind of went over my head though. But I know that there are people who. I guess nowadays would be offended by certain stuff like that. I don't, yeah. but it's, oh, it's I mean, of, I feel like that's the light version of what people might get offended by. There's a lot more to get offended by all the African jokes, which <laughs> some of them kind of funny. This shit was funny. I, I didn't think I, it was anti African. No, no, I, know, I didn't call it anti African. I'm just saying, you know how people get. Yeah. <laughs> There's one thing that happens that they ain't crazy about, and then the rest of the movie is trash to them. So, yeah, that's I mean, true. <clears throat> But, but like I said, overall enjoyed it, you know, and, and and was glad to have that journey. Was really shocked by some of the random appearances from like these black folks who ain't actors and ain't this and ain't that, and they just end the movie. It was really, really fun to see the Kimbe Mutombo for no reason, like you know, just stuff like that. But um, <laughs> let, let's, let's my, my, uh, talk. Um... I was gonna I was gonna mention what you were saying about like the comedy when I was talking to my father about the film. Mm -hmm. I was telling him how I think like you know certain jokes might not cross over well with people in today's atmosphere, and he was like, "Well, you know, they comedians like comedians can you know they have the right to make fun and poke fun at people. They can do that. They can say stuff that normal people can't do." And da da da. So he went to this whole thing, (laughs) and I was like, "Well, not anymore. I don't think so." <laughs> like okay, I, wait, I think, wait, wait. It, it, okay, outside think, of the context of this movie, live. do you think that's true? Like, do, do you think Pete that, that there is a guy who can do that or a woman? Like, I know Bill Barr was complaining that that woman uh from Mandalorian got kicked off for making that. Oh, go her. Yeah, now she claimed it was some kind of joke or something. I don't want to get deep into that now, but I'm just saying, like, Bill Burr was making the point that you know. It's almost like people think you can't say anything, and then so he he's been like on, on a tirade the last two. He's just saying stuff. To I people mean, trying to get says triggered. fucking crazy shit all the time and gets away with it. So I feel like you can. So um, maybe he's I love a Oprah. guy. I think he's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but but I don't. I feel like is it, it always seems like it's only a matter of time before a person gets canceled. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I mean, like, just because Bill Burr hasn't got minute. canceled, don't mean he won't get canceled. Well, just because Dave Chappelle ain't got canceled yet don't mean that he won't get canceled. Well, he did get canceled, just to be fair, by corporate America. No, I'm not talking about, about corporate America. I'm talking about <laughs> by social media, by um, far-left liberals. Well, but those. see, far-left liberals, so to speak, as you put them, uh, are not... They they have been upset with Dave for a long time about all kinds of stuff, but mostly, most recently, about his jokes. They feel like a punching down to, to the LBTQ community. Yeah, although his thing about I just really want to be in this car is so funny. Yeah, yeah, that was oh, oh without, like, without like, I, I didn't mean to forget yeah. the G. I just thought about that. And yeah, don't 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 jump at me over. <laughs> I think that's what I'm saying. Time, so, like, so yeah, I don't understand how comedy exists without offending people to an extent. Like, like who do you who do you make fun of? It's kind of like when I moved out here, right? 
in Memphis, we always checked each other. Like we always, I, I guess, check. You know, definition is like playing the dozen for people that don't know what I'm talking. Can you about. use some more slang? Making yeah. fun of people. <laughs> Making fun of people. And so we did it. And yeah, I mean, you know, it, it was all you know, fun and games and stuff. Somebody did it to you, you did it back to them. It's like bomb, 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 bomb. You know, I come out here, I do similar stuff out here. People legit get offended. Well, everybody so got a gun like in their pocket in Texas. That's why. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like a culture shock and how much people get offended about stuff. Like it's it's certain like checks that people gave to me that I thought was so hilarious that I held on to this day. And I thought this is some of the funniest shit I ever heard. But well, like see, people see if now you can hold on to those for a second. You say uh, Hold on, those for a second. We're gonna come back to those at the end of the episode if you can remember uh, some of the, some of the checks. I just want to ask a couple questions to y'all about like the stuff that that was uh, recycled. You know, um, do you feel like it was good? Do you feel like it was bad? So one of them, what now? Nah, look, I can't remember the name of the kingdom, but um, Zamunga. so Wesley, Wesley Snipes, Snipes Kingdom, his, his sister, oh, huh? Yeah. No, 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 not Zamunda, but but the rival kingdom uh, okay. story. So. You know Idiot. how, yeah, Hakeem in the first film cursed her to do the dog thing. Yeah. Um. Did, did you, good or bad return joke? Great return. <laughs> Great return. Yeah, I thought so too. My mom didn't like about the original coming to America, where she's like, "That's really not cool," that she barked like a dog. That really sucked. But my friends and I always took that as you should date somebody who's like independent. And we took like a positive message out of it because we're like, you don't want to be with somebody who's just like, I'll do whatever you say, like whatever you like. No matter how fine she is. Don't, don't. Tiana Taylor. Don't be that person and don't. Hey, she she was, look, <laughs> yeah. I ain't gonna lie. I mean, you could have got me to uh, surrender some, some, <laughs> some ethics. You would have been like, this- whatever you like. This what the movie would have ended a lot faster if if I were Akeem's son. I'd be like, I'm straight with it. If I was Akeem's son, I would just tell her, I like for you to be autonomous. Like you, it's like when you when you have a wish from a genie and you just kind (laughs) of like switch the wish around. Like I just be like, I want I like for you, genie. I want for you to be free. Yeah, I I wish for you to be free. That's what I would have told her with your fine ass. That's all you do. You (laughs) rubber shoulders. I wish for you to be free, genie. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, my own. Um, all right, so uh, I was okay no, I was with the right, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Who gonna go first? <laughs> You're up. No, I was just gonna say. Um, while we mentioned Tiana Taylor, my girl gonna send me a picture of a Men's Health magazine, and she talking about you know she got it in the mail, and she she gonna keep this one because it got Michael B. Jordan on the cover. But now, if I say the same thing about Tiana Taylor, <laughs> she gonna be ready. She gonna be ready to go upside my head. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Is Randall listening to this episode? Yeah, I hope she got that message. She, damn she it! Listen, she listens standard. to no episodes. So sure, I know. <laughs> she so sure fix that problem. That won't come up again. That's what I'm saying. She does not listen to this. She's Nate, when we do a movie now. with The Rock, I can't wait for Men Health Magazine to put him on it, and you can p- come back and complain about that shit. Man, like, how dare they? <laughs> She don't like the rock <laughs> like that though, but yeah. You know, all right. So n- another uh, thing, you know, uh, good or bad uh, comeback. Uh, misogyny ruling the the you know monarchy. 
Good return, bad return. This and Borat are, I'm going to slip in the name of the podcast, are low-key, low-key feminist movies. I mean, mm-hmm. they put a spin on the potentially what the kids would call problematic elements of the originals and find like a positive, um, I think, pro-female empowerment message. Hmm, okay. I can see that kind of. Hmm. You I know, mean, like, the point is that the, that the patriarchy should, is a bad idea in Zamunda and the most worthy heir to the throne, his daughter, is getting passed over for stupid reasons. Um, and then the movie ends happily with her rightfully taking over. I don't agree with any monarchy, but um, if you're going to have a monarchy, it might as well be a uh, non- whatever, non-sexist uh, monarchy. Yeah. I guess the reason I was curious about this because... here, background for the listeners, keep oh. in love the British monarchy. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck them. I'm going to let that one just, just live yeah. so, so people can, can guess whether or not he's for real. <laughs> but... <laughs> Well, funny right. thing about that is like what I, what they I was curious about is like it, the movie clearly wants you to think about uh, Mika. So so the the eldest daughter who ends up becoming queen at the end, they clearly want you to think about you know her her perspective in the story, but they don't really give you a chance to see her perspective. So what like what I mean by this is there's no scene in this entire movie except for maybe the. And I, mean, I, I don't even know if I agree with that necessarily. Where like she's the subject of the scene, you know what I mean? So, hmm. I, I did, like the only because the thing is, even those moments where she's watching the news is kind of more like Trevor Noah scene. Like she's watching a thing, so technically she's the subject, but like we're not getting her perspective. Like we know through kind of the snide look she gives and the quick walking out of the room stuff like how she feels about the fact that you know a i'm gonna put it the way they put it a bastard child has been brought in just because he's you know a man to become the heir to the throne and you know that it's because you know the kingdom's in danger and seeing you become the head of the kingdom would be seen as weak because it's a woman doing it and that's all whack but this is all us guessing like it's obvious that that's what it's saying but just like uh how um lavelle gets moments with um you know the woman who who you know helps groom him you know where they're getting a bond and he he kind of like talk about his his doubts and what he needs to get through and, you know, to, to take that next step to finish the princely test. We don't get any of that with Mika. And the thing is, like I said, the movie does have that message, but it's not like really in how it treats its subject, really following through on that theme with the way the film's currently cut. I think we see at the very beginning that she's worthy. I mean, and they use the movie shorthand of they're a good brave Mm -hmm. fighter. So they're worthy. So I feel like she's kind of a, it's true. She doesn't really have like a character arc the way that, that he does. Um, but I think there's like movie um, justice in a way 
like we feel that she's the right oh, person. Yeah, 100%. But you're right. Yeah. I mean, she's not, she doesn't yeah. get the actual credit of being a point of view character. Mm. I was thinking, yeah. About and, and the thing is, well, what the film's trying to do, and what it, especially with the, especially with the comedy that it's trying to pull off, and the fact that Leslie Jones and Tracy Morgan are just so outstanding, like you have to have more of them, you know. Mm. Like you don't want to cut stuff out from them, given how, as much as they're giving and how good they are in the film. You don't want to cut their stuff out, you know. Uh, I thought they they both did really really well, and one of the things that really shone, shone brightest about this movie. Yeah, they were hella funny. Um, I was thinking about another thing too. You know, to to the, the there's some things that I don't really like in the plot where <laughs> like things are resolved like way too easily, and it'd be like, what was so really there never was really a conflict to begin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- like, these are like these are problems in the script that like you could you could find ways to write some circumstances a little bit differently and make it where it had to happen that way but it just felt things felt less consequential because of the fact that like it's like they would tell us here here's what the stakes are the stakes are like this consequential but then like when the threat came it was like well that was it or like well, or the solution was something so simple it was like well we could have done that this like we ain't had to do yeah, none of this this could have happened at the beginning of the film <laughs> like why why did we have to have like this whole thing with this wedding to open up these trade routes if we could have just and had peace when we could have just did that shit and been diplomatic in the very beginning because it takes to be diplomatic to set up a arranged marriage right mm-hmm. so yeah. why not have went the other route first before you went the arranged marriage route which well, once again, but, I would have been fine with the arranged marriage if it was me personally. Well, partially, <laughs> honestly, the, the, the thing is, it's kind of weird because like this movie makes it clear. Actually, part of the reason this happened is that it's weird. Okay, so and I'm about to make a really strange ass comparison, right? But in Black Panther, T'Challa. Well, well, because of how I'm about to put it, so T'Challa becomes king, and he's like shit he wasn't even 30 yet i don't think like he was mid-20s maybe in the movie the way you know his father got killed and i think it was uh civil war yeah when the bomb yeah. went off and then by the time black panther movie started like he's king so or you know he he becomes king by doing all the rituals and then i ask a super stupid question this movie war, just to decide sure was mm-hmm. his dad dressing up in the black panther costume and fighting people or was he already i mean he 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 would so at that point if you think about it T'Challa was wearing it like when that happened yeah so he was passing it down at some point like so he almost certainly didn't have it on at that time when they did that you know he wore that he wore it at a certain point and then I guess it got passed down to him because he was gonna be the next heir and so he was just yeah because remember they're panthers every every king is a panther and so all of them yeah you know had one way or another done all the stuff. But I figured out how they're gonna fix that in Black Panther two. They have, and they've started filming too. Oh, really? Yeah. All right, because I think they're gonna go have the dad retcon something where he's like, "There is another," and he'll have like. No, nah, the- they probably bring in Sherry, and then or or just bring back Michael B. Jordan, and then let him be. He's reformed himself. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I don't right. like that idea. Why bring back Michael B. Jordan? Why bring back Kill Michael B. Jordan know. is in the movie. Well, he's cast again. I can tell you that. I don't. He might be a ghost. I don't know. 
Why is that so uh, fucking stupid? <laughs> <laughs> Look, let's not go. Let's not go let's way not too deep down that, that rabbit hole. Do your metaphor. I'm sorry. Man. <laughs> this is my fault. Yeah, keep keep going because so, this this shit. Right so King. <laughs> so at this point, uh, King Jaff- Jaffe Jaffa is about to die, but he's old as hell. And um, hell, at this point, I think yeah. So think about it. Akeem, so Akeem and Lisa's marriage had hit his 30th anniversary. So that means he had been a prince this whole time. Yeah. He he's like, you know, two decades from becoming a senior. He ain't been a king none of this time. And he talks openly about, yeah, I'm a weak king. Because he 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 hadn't faced the adversity, he ain't had to really take this on. So think about it. While this is going on, his father dies, and then they talk about a week later having an arranged marriage so he had been king for less than a week when all this shit's happening like that's kind of crazy like it doesn't really get into the timeline i think it would help if they did mention it a little bit just from a plot perspective just so you could be like damn like why is i came like so shook about everything like he's not it's that's kind of unrealistic in a sense too because you mean to tell me in 30 years you ain't been preparing yourself to be king well, and normally you would pass over the kingship well before you get this sick. Yeah, but now not even that. It's like you with the, the, the king all the time. Like, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. He you just should not know. Ready. You and should know grown, how to run a grown ass dude. Huh? And he a grown, grown ass dude. But again, you know he had you a grown, king. grown ass dude. So I'm sure you should have known the affairs of your father and been able to run certain stuff even after he passed. And it's weird like, to fit, for them to have like a uh the, the daughter to do like some ritual combat stuff, but then like when uh and I'm saying against uh General Izzy, but then like when he General Izzy ran up on Akeem, he was acting all shook. I mean, and I'm not saying that you know Akeem expects to win necessarily, but like I mean, you know, he can scrap a little, you know. Don't you want uh, I don't know, it's just I'll say that again. Don't isn't it? I mean, because the original is basically fish out of water, right? Like Akeem yeah, has to yeah. deal with Queens. Uh, don't you mm-hmm. want him to be in over his head? Like you always, it's just funnier. No, I, I do, I do. It, but there's in over your head and then it's just like, cow ta- like he didn't even try nothing. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like the, the army was advancing and they clearly within the blah, blah, blah. So he had to like, even if he got out strategized and they ain't had a resource, some, right? You know, um, it's literally like, he ran up on him like, your father finna die, you a bitch. Hey, I'm finna <laughs> take your kingdom. And then he was like, well, no. And then they were like, you have a bastard son. You can save everything. And it's like, that's not real. Like, none of these things are like, wh- okay, so first the dude who said he's going to whoop your ass and take all your shit, run up on you and say, hey, boom, he ain't going to do shit. Then his dad is like, you got a bastard child, go get him. He got daughters right there who who ready and willing to take this on, at least the one who's the eldest, right? And then, I don't know, it's just like, he, there's no, he's just like responding to stuff. Like there's, he's not like making decisions. Like, boom, all right, cool. I'm gonna feel like this. Like even through the end, it's just like, he finally goes, oh, okay, you know what? Yeah, you're right. You're doing the same thing I did. I need to respect that because that's in my heart what I believe love's about. But that's the end of the courage. movie. He's got to find the courage to throw off the existing system. Yeah, like, yeah, but I just, I just wish- for him is to throw off the patriarchy. I'm all for that. I just wish that there had been more moments of him showing some agency, you know, in that stuff. So, like, what we're talking about right now is like the the plot 
issues. That, I mean, I like I was plenty entertained, but it was just like they're just these things that that were missed take the move from being like okay, I enjoyed it to like this could have been another special one. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I guess I don't judge. I, it's hard for me to judge a comedy too much because it's it's made to be pretty ridiculous to begin with. It's not even a comedic drama. It's just a straight up romance comedy. You know what I'm saying? So I can't really judge it the same way that I would judge a straight up drama personally. Um, the only thing, like my biggest thing was like, damn, this solution was easy as fuck. <laughs> you know? But but other than that, it was like, yeah, you know, it is what it is. This this is a romantic comedy. Everything happened. I knew what, exactly what was going to happen. I kind of knew when it was going to happen. I knew that he was going to find fall in love with the you know the fine. Let, let me tell you something. You, let me tell you something. You didn't know for a I fact. Was gonna I know you didn't know this shit. And Tim, I know you didn't know this shit. And everybody, listen. I know you didn't know that he was going to pull out that fucking cat food for that line. I was like, what is happening? This is super eighties logic. This is actually kind of funny, but it's really stupid. I knew what I knew that's what it was when they were, when it was licking the cage, of course. I knew it was gonna be some bullshit that they yeah, was with be that able point. To the line. Um I was shocked, absolutely shocked by a certain musical member. Which one? Oh, sexual chocolate. Salt and pepper. I I knew, yeah. I knew sexual chocolate was gonna be there somewhere. Actually, I got to the end of the movie and I was like, are they really not gonna have sexual chocolate in the whole movie? That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> that was so disappointing. And I, I, that would be disappointing. <laughs> but what was you talking about salt and pepper but yeah when it was what a king what a king what a king yeah man when i tell you that to me yeah that i was, was like the funniest oh. part in the movie because was- i was thinking to myself if i was a king i would do the same shit i would and, have and a funeral what, right, while so- i'm living <laughs> can we just talk about some of the funny shit that was definitely one of the like are, are you serious like this is this is fun this is dumb you know uh, like it was so, right. it and then, so, like, he's so mystical. He's like, "I'm gonna die now." Yeah, and he's just he's like, deciding. "All right, peace out. I'm gone." Yeah, you just decide when you go. You're like, and yeah, I, this this is the last number. I'm gonna go now. Like, I made it, you know, this far. I just has yeah, nothing to look forward <laughs> to past this. I'm I'm out. You got it. All the barbershop oh, shit is so the funniest sad. thing ever. Like, oh yeah, all the barbershop. <laughs> that was the dumbest scene. That's I was funny. like. I was like, what? Why? Because you know what's so funny? I'm so used to seeing like a comedy, but then they always like referencing white comedies. And I'm like, eh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I kind of know that one, yeah. But I was like, oh, black comedy? Okay, that's that's different. One thing that did stick out to me, uh, my wife and I, there's a lot of black people who got paid on this film. We were like uh, watching the role, of everybody who worked on the film after the fact. And we were yeah. like, damn, there's a lot of black people. Hell yeah. Uh, Craig Brewer talked about that. He said, uh, because Craig Brewer is white, and he said that his Mm -hmm. job on this movie was basically to serve African American filmmakers. And he talked about his costume designer, um, Ruth Carter, who just, I believe, just got her star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Um, Basically, a lot of department heads. Man, amazing costumes. Yeah. 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 But a lot of black department heads, which is not the norm on Hollywood movies. I mean, a lot of times it's like, not at all in front of the camera but actually you know the power behind the camera a lot of times even on i mean the original come to america is directed by a, a white dude as is this one um 
mm-hmm. but it seemed like there was a lot of good representation behind the scenes. And it shot at Tyler Perry's studios at a John Singleton, the John Singleton soundstage, and he had a good story about that too. Oh, and and I can't remember if this is where I read this detail, but um, the the Rick Ross mansion, that is oh, the yeah. palace. Yeah, I was just like, wow, That's- that explains why Rick Ross is in this movie. Yeah, because he said, "Y'all, y'all borrow my house, I'll be in the movie." Okay, <laughs> boom. Man, now that, that, that that is how you use real estate, baby. Man, real talk. <laughs> like seriously. Shit. Oh man, I like there's oh god the the return of McDowell's every, every hey man when when my man Louis gonna get a uh some kind of raise or something? Hey, did they do the McDonald's tie-in? Did anybody see? Because when this first came really? out, there was going to be a promotional tie-in with the movie, and I was just like, "That's the best! That's the best tie-in ever." Did it happen? I don't remember it. Oh man, I don't remember I mean, it at all. I don't remember seeing ads. I don't know if I just haven't been watching the right ads. Damn, but... McDonald's! Y'all need to get on top of this. Y'all should be selling some McDowell's, uh, you know, outfits and vests and hats. Just, just missed opportunities, man. I'm going to go in and get a shamrock shake tomorrow and we'll see if they've uh, recording this the day before St. Patrick's day, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll see if they're doing anything. I don't think they did. <sighs> That's pretty, pretty funny. Though. Oh man. I, uh, I'm trying to think what else. There's so many. Okay. So in general, in general, the whole uh, Leslie Jones storyline, just crazy. And then like, there's the obvious stuff about, you know, how she ended up getting pregnant and you know what happened when she gets to the kingdom and oh um getting clean bathed or, or clean during the bath <laughs> of course um but my favorite moment in the whole movie with her was her and in queen lisa just you know being queen's girls oh, you yeah. know letting the queen uh let her hair down and then hey man i i I'm like i never remember the actress's name please forgive me but the, the one who does play lisa she crushed this role like she was so like just just dope every time she was on screen every time she said shit she just really like especially the moments when she just there with i came just chatting like I, it was always just fun seeing her on screen and like bringing levity and like clarity to stuff that was happening right yeah yeah, I haven't seen her in a lot of roles since coming to America. I haven't either, but like she's good. She's still she's really great. Good. Yeah, and she still looks really young. Yeah, yeah man, she still looks good. Every, everybody mostly looks pretty good. There's there aren't like really people in this movie like man they don't look too great. Even James Earl Jones still looking straight. I'm like yeah, <laughs> that happened. Man, I don't know why I started thinking about the Lion King so much when I was watching them. Right? <laughs> Well, it's like uh, because Mufasa talking. Yeah, yeah so you know, I just thought of all these Mufasa, Mufasa jokes that in the movie too. <laughs> yeah, there was a few little kind of like that type stuff going on, and it's just so crazy how he always plays like some type of a father, like a dysfunction. Like he either the greatest father <laughs> in Mufasa, because because Mufasa was the father, father. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He the father you want. And then Darth mm-hmm. Vader is the absent father that you never get to know. And then you got King Joffrey that's, you know, he present, but he not present and he mm-hmm. toxic. <laughs> you know, so he's played all these different father figures in one. It's, I'm sure there's so many others too. But my favorite thing yeah. about this role, and I don't know, I mean, I don't know the numbers. I'm sure he got paid. This man 
gave his performance, and it's a good performance, but he's not standing in any scene. He's like either on his on his butt or like just kind of propped up a little bit, like when he was doing a funeral. But like he got paid and crushed the role and did not stand at all. This is something that is just super funny to me. I love like older actors who do that stuff. We were just watching Tenet and Michael Caine shows up for, he's like, I will be in one scene. I will be sitting down, wearing a nice suit, eating and drinking. I will deliver like 10 lines. I'll be great. And that's it. Like, it's so good. It's just getting that money, man. It's just so funny. Like, it's just something that just trips me out about. Like, you've been acting so long and you're so good at this shit that it's like convincing and, it, and it's impactful and the movie would be different if you weren't there. Like, yeah, it's just so funny to me. Yeah. I, I always think it's still amazing, not to keep going back to Star Wars, but the fact that he still does Darth Vader's voice. Like, Excuse on me? like the animated series. You and a stuff. lie. Yeah, he be still doing it. Last time I checked, he still. Let me go back and check. Yo, that's, that's why I, 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 I does the voice. I believe in that. That's no yeah, way. Yeah, because he did. He did it in um. What was the what was the last Star Rogue Wars film with Vader? Rogue One. Yeah. And in Star Wars what? Rebels. What? And I don't remember if he was in the last three because no. I hate those movies. <laughs> no, I actually like the uh, oh. I like the Ryan Johnson one. The other two. Yeah. Well, when I thought he was involved in the last one too, in episode nine. Is Vader in episode nine? I've like blocked episode nine. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, oh, episode nine. Well, I mean, well, okay. You're talking about Vader. No, Vader does not show up there. He's in seven for a brief moment. No, I take that back. I'm sorry. So Hayden Christensen does do Darth Vader. Oh my god, thank you. My heart couldn't take that. I just know it's men working that hard. I read somewhere that he still does the voice in Rebels. Man, that's like Jaleel White ain't doing Sonic no more. I mean, some times have changed. Wow. <sighs> yeah, I don't feel like anyone else can pull off that voice. Yeah, dude, he's so good. And then they got the other voice guy, Morgan Freeman. Yeah. I was just, they were just like these random moments. He's just like, huh, okay, dope, cool. <laughs> I mean, like, in it, it's just so awesome to, to see that. Um, those people are still doing well and they you know that they're getting it's like where did all this talent go like why did i gotta say it is really weird and we just got through talking about on one play lisa whose name is uh shari headley yeah how are these people not constantly getting work i don't Which know who? are they all like secret harvey weinstein's like what is this that's a good way to go that's a good uh I'm just hey, all I'm saying is when you when you're talented, right? Like you either gotta be really toxic toxic on set of like some secret scandal or some shit, or you like still in no, it goes the other way too. I mean, it can go I I don't want to do it like spin out a whole conspiracy around her, so I'm not talking about her. Okay. <laughs> okay. But there are like well-known actresses who disappeared and they're like, What happened to her? And they're like, Oh, she was difficult. And then the reason she was difficult is that somebody like hit on her and she said no and then she got blackballed well like, there's even dumber things than that like and i mean you know i i know in the reunion they talked about this a little bit and i haven't watched it for the fresh prince but how the first interview got put out because some executives wanted her out of there for like you know saying she was difficult and it had will saying that too mm. and how she confronted him about it and said you know you didn't understand like the power of saying that 
you know, you in particular and how that had an impact on, you know, my career going forward, blah, 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 blah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that is a, is a, is an unfortunate story that happens a lot, but I'm saying like, there's a lot of people in this movie that's like, well, I mean, why, why haven't they gotten, you know, their chance many more times? Although also I got to say another person who killed in this in this film, I cannot remember his name. He's on, um, on, um, weekend edition all the time on SNL. Oh, Colin Just. Yes. He was great. Did really you, good. Did you pick up that whole thing that the continuation of the trading places coming to America thing? Oh no. Oh no. I have now. He's like, wow. The grandchild of the brothers who yeah. coordinate the bet in trading places, which is still yeah. one of the fucking best movies ever. Yeah. Like, wow. Okay. I feel cool. like trading places is going to get, um, I feel like the whole cancel thing is horribly exaggerated. And a lot of times when people say something is canceled, it's actually just that the person voluntarily stopped doing it. But I feel like Trading Places is never going to like be brought into like, you know, embraced in everybody's bosom because of the blackface stuff at the end, which like no one's going to put that on TV anymore. Like they're just not. Does anybody remember this? Yeah. Like Dan yeah, Aykroyd, I... like Jamaican at the end. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Regardless of that, that aside from that, that movie like structurally and the jokes in that movie are so goddamn good. And the moral of that movie is so good. That's like, I don't know. I feel like that's an absolutely incredible movie. And I like that they've carried it over in coming to America. And I like that they carried it over in coming to America through right. the magic Man, of so the Eddie Jones. versus being connected. I can't wait. till they put together uh God, what was that movie? He put? Look, it was not, it was not Beverly Hills cop stuff there was another movie he played where he was like some kind of like role detective and it was more serious it was really good i can't remember the name eight hours yeah before no 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 that's before no 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 yeah. am i, I just watched 48 hours that movie is amazing too are you sure it's 48 it's like what he, he recorded like after all the beverly hills cops you sure it's 48 hours are we, are we talking no, about like no, 48 hours was the first one yeah that's what i thought okay yes i'm gonna talk about that one no 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 it's a totally different movie he was wearing red a lot in that movie too for some reason i don't know what i'm thinking of anyway i had that to I was just talking to Tim about this um, earlier, how I feel like this this would have operated better as a TV show with like little Mm -hmm. 30-minute episodes. And because we we were talking about how much we love Cobra Kai, like this one of the best things on Netflix. (laughs) And 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 the way that I don't know, it's something about having that to look forward to and just not taking it as seriously as we would like take a movie, I think. I don't know what it is about TV shows that you don't, I think consciously you don't take it as seriously and you don't try to break it down as much because for one, you're not going to compare it to a past movie because it's not a movie, you know? Yeah. And then for two, you got more room for character development. Like you could do the things that you were talking about, like with Mika. Yeah. Things that aren't shooting to be prestige TV. I definitely think you're 100% right. Like that. Yeah. There's kind of a different bar. And I, I guess that is kind of where that kind of stuff belongs now um, in, in a lot of people's minds as far as like, you know, not having to think too hard about how, you know, this plot point connects to this plot point And do I care about the care of darks and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Craig, and, and, I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to bring up Craig Brewer again. He said that uh, on the set of Dolomite is my name. Him and Keegan-Michael Key used to talk about how there's an Eddie Murphy cinematic universe. Um, and yeah. how all of these different 
people could be spun off into TV shows and what the TV shows should be. Oh, I just I just wouldn't trust people to do that, man. That feels so sacred. I don't know. But if they did, if Paramount Plus or whatever it's called were to just do like a couple of Eddie Murphy universe shows. (laughs) But, you know, remember they. okay, you might not remember. Maybe I'm crazy, Tim. You would know before anybody, maybe. Wasn't there a Beverly Hills Cop TV show? Yeah. I I think Eddie Murphy was in the first episode. I'm not certain. Please Google that if you care. Um, but uh, <laughs> I seem to remember that being a thing and it didn't go very well. Yeah, I do think that happened because, you know, there's, I think, been two different Lethal Weapon Fox series. And then I think I'm pretty sure there was a Beverly Hills Cop series. I feel like I feel like CBS tries to see if they can turn anything into a CBS procedural mm-hmm. where they're like remains of the day. Could that be a CBS procedural? Because they just did it with Clarice. <laughs> <laughs> that's true oh, yeah, or, or yeah. you know they they started doing all the stephen king like they just basically went to stephen king's top 10 list and were like all right can this one be a movie or excuse me a tv show yeah. ah forget it do the dome whatever i don't care i mean <laughs> would it really make sense nah, not really but whatever yeah they, hey, they, are, I, they did movies on this already hey let's make a tv series anyway who cares i saw Who's they just to? did the um the stand yeah they just I did the stand the stand is like one of my favorite books like it's, so it's a great book i haven't yeah. watched the show yet because of the fact that I just think that the stand is so sacred. I'm looking at the stand on my bookshelf right now. Man, that's an amazing book. It is. Yes, it really is. Um, the end's a little weird, but, you know. Yeah, it's definitely some BS Machina type of shit, but, you know. <laughs> BS Machina. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> so it was weird as fuck, but, yeah. But other than that, the journey to the end is is pretty awesome, so. And I and and you know, overall come to America, I do think it's a fun movie. You know, like I said, I can't really be too harsh on it, you know. Hey man, I just I feel like I just I've said it already, but hey, Wesley Snipes was so good. He yes. was so good. He was like, good in the Dolomite is my name, though, man. He was, <laughs> but but I mean, first in Dolomite is my name, like he had me crying. <laughs> like he, yeah. he was so good and in this movie he was he was just electric man like i don't know what it is when him and eddie get together it's like he just be bringing it man like i just think he got good comedic timing he's but he's so good at everything he's good at action he's good at drama right, he's good right. at, at comedy like why he was this nice guy more jobs man Hold up, man. You know what? You know one Wesley Snipes movie that I use. Man, I use a love this movie. Like I used to watch it back to back, but I never heard people talk about it. And that was um the Art of War. Art of War, so good. That's such man. an amazing movie. Oh my! I think God. everybody forgot about that movie. I was like, damn, this shit is cold. And I even like the um the first Undisputed film where he was the boxer in prison and he was fighting in Big Rames. It was oh, like, yeah, 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 that was good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, that man had some some hidden classics. Hey, Monte Art of War is like, man, that, that's, that that's some cold shit right there. No, that's, that shit was like, that shit was like John Wick before John Wick. That's what I'm saying, man. That movie, people for real, people don't know. Like, Wesley Snipes was that dude. Like, I mean, it got a 16 Ooh. on Rotten Tomatoes, but it was my jam, though. <laughs> I just want to see. I just want to see somebody give Wesley Snipes another role. He just got an excuse to put hands on somebody, like well, not shoot a gun. Well, it has every action movie now. Like give a give one to Wesley Snipes. That's what I'm saying. Like they get they gave dude from from uh 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 the Saw series. I can't even remember. I'm so mad. I can't even think of the name of it. Um, 
the Breaking Bad miniseries. Well, it's not even a miniseries. This is a spin up the spinoff series. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Um, He's got a damn action movie. Yeah. What the hell was this twenty twenty one action movie? What the fuck. Bob Odenkirk is ripped now. It's weird. I'm down yeah, with he been, it. He been, he been hitting I'm down. down with it. Y'all not. I, I ain't hating well, on I want to see this. I think the movie going to be fantastic. Wes, Wesley well, been trained his movie, whole though. life. Yeah, he's <laughs> actually a trained martial artist. Yeah, he's a trained martial artist, yeah. We watched Pastor 57 a little while ago, and that movie is... It's, it's like the only one of those movies that's like exactly the right length. What movie? <laughs> Passenger Fifty Seven. They're like, that movie's oh, yeah, so good. Passenger Fifty Seven is that movie. That's that's the movie I think of when I think of Wesley Snipes. Before you know what movie. else is my jam? Was it Demolition Man? Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen that in a long time. <laughs> the movie's good though. You know what else is like underrated though? The movie with, I can't think of the name of it right now, but the movie where the team up kind of this is make you feel old as hell. John Clawman, oh, damn Dennis Rodman, and then yeah. the villain is Wesley Snipes. Wait, is this? the... This isn't the Stallone one with the uh, with all of them together, right? No, not yeah, the, um, you're talking the, about the, Wesley Snipes um, is the villain. Rodman and what is that movie? Rodman and Jean Claude Van Damme. Y'all not talking about the Expendables? I can't. No, I thought it was Expendables at first. No, but... no, no, no. This, this this is the '90s, baby. This is late '90s when he was with the Bulls and he had the crazy hair all the time, and they put him in a mo- an action movie. Next to Jean Claude Van Damme, and then right. made it where Wesley Snipes was the villain. Man, that oh, that movie's so funny. It's good. It's real good. Just can't think of the name of it. It's driving me crazy. Jean Claude Dennis Rodman. The movie is called Double Team. There it is. That's right. <laughs> oh my god, it's so. Didn't think funny. you were getting a Double Team recommendation on this episode, did you? Nope. But you have it now. <laughs> I don't know what the hell you can watch it, but <laughs> is Mickey Rourke in this movie? That movie's amazing, dude. Anyway, I, I don't want to go too much further yeah, down. He, he's been in a lot of movies, man. Man, what's his life so cold? Uh, I mean, I'm he would just—you can put him in. He ain't ever. He's never just like just thrown in a towel on a roll ever. Like he, every time he's in a movie, it when he on the screen, you need to stop what you're doing and watch. Shit, yeah. I feel that way about my boy Nicholas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Cage crazy though. <laughs> Freaking psycho. But but you know, not to keep getting on Wesley, like you know, I'm gonna jump off of him in a second. But man, I really still to this day think that if it wasn't for the Blade movies, we wouldn't even have a Marvel Cinematic Universe. We wouldn't. We yeah. wouldn't. And and it don't get he he don't get his role. They don't get their roses for them Blade films. You know, not not a, the last one was pretty slaw, but that first one, man. Come hey, on, but that man. second one though. Man. Oh, that second one was primo action. That shit but the first one was just such a, it just had, the, the first one just had classic scenes. Like, yeah. You know my favorite quote from it. I think Which I one? said on here before, when he said, there's always motherfuckers trying to ice skate up the hill. <laughs> Man, that's the coolest <laughs> thing I ever heard somebody say before they kill somebody. <laughs> I said, damn. I was a kid. I saw that. I said, damn. And he blew that man up. With, with the with the syringe, you know, you remember that scene? The, yeah, man, that shit. <laughs> it oh, was like the the dude trying to come to get the number one headband before it happened on Afro Samurai. Man, yeah, man, it, it was it was one of those things too where I like what I always liked about Blade was that like he was so badass that even when he was in moments where you like, oh man, he in trouble, you like he gonna pull through somehow. 
Yeah, he was my he was my black super. I can't back. wait to show my son Blade. He only can't wait to out. show my son. <laughs> I can't wait. Oh, it's gonna be excellent. I'm gonna show him Blade. Be like, this was Barack Obama. <laughs> <laughs> be like, son, you're ten. I think you're ready. Right. <laughs> Let's see this. This is what he did before he became president. You know your heroes, the vampire slave. <laughs> hey, if Abraham Lincoln can be a vampire slave, goddamn it, in a movie, surely. <laughs> You know, let Barack Obama Barack do his Obama. thing. <laughs> oh my god! All right, um, if you've gotten this far, movie. Jesus Christ! Say what? <laughs> Barack Obama Vampire Slayer? That would be amazing. <laughs> yes, I, <laughs> man, I don't want to see Fox News when that comes out. <laughs> Look, if if you got this far to Barack Obama Vampire Slayer, then you must have really enjoyed yourself. We'd really love for you to recommend the show to a friend, <laughs> um, and. Um, and, and and subscribe and all that on on your current platform, and and just get the word out. We really appreciate any follows on the social media and all that jazz. And always uh, feel free to write us by email at any of our first names at moviemaker.com, Aaron Teeth or Kim at moviemaker.com. Um, in addition, I, thing coming up. Can I plug a thing? Please. Aaron and Keith are going to be on the Sam Sedit podcast. I believe this week, or is it early next week, talking about Justice League, the Snyder Cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm very excited to hear how that conversation goes. Man, I got my Snyder Raid ready. <laughs> just sitting in the freezer, just, just ready to be. Uh, I think I think uh, it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a fun. No, nah, I, I think it'll be straight. It, it's just yeah. crazy. Like, you know, there's like these advanced reviews and like people going in really hard both directions. So... Ain't no telling what, what, you know, the actual quality of the film is. I feel like people bring a lot of hangups to, you know, their viewing experience. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Should be good, though. Sam said it podcast. You want to stay also? Um, and uh, Keith, could you tell people where they can find us on social media? Okay. We're on Facebook and we also on Instagram at the Low Key Pod. All right. Cool. And before we uh, log off, Tim, anything else to plug at Movie Maker? Just Sam said it. You should listen to Sam said it anyway, uh, but especially the next episode. 100%. Well, holla child on the next one. All right. Awesome. Peace. All right, peace. Oh, Game of Death was a good one, too. <laughs> <laughs>